From WOUB News, you're listening to The Outlet, where campus meets community. I'm Ben Schwartz. And I'm Beth Greenman. Welcome back. Each week on The Outlet, we bring you stories from the Athens and Ohio University communities. A special exhibit came to Ohio University in hopes of upsetting rape culture. Hear how it affected survivors. For me, seeing my story as part of a larger national narrative, that I'm not alone. And former Ohio Governor Ted Strickland sits down with a reporter to talk about the upcoming election. Well, I think it's important for every citizen uh, to take elections seriously and to try to understand the issues, and that certainly applies to college students. We'll give you all the details and more coming up right here on The Outlet. Stay with us. The Monument Quilt is a public healing space by and for survivors of sexual assault and domestic violence. The quilt was put on display in Peden Stadium at Ohio University on Friday, October 13th. There was a lecture preceding the display on Thursday, October 12th, and both events were hosted by OU's Women's Center. With more on the story, here is the outlet's Beth Greenman. Peden Stadium is full of quilt squares and people walking around to view them. People travel with friends, with family, or by themselves, taking in the scene around them. They read stories and poems and look at designs created by the quilt makers. People hug, cry, and gather to listen to various speakers. It is an emotional scene at Ohio University's display of the Monument Quilt. The Monument Quilt is made entirely of four-foot by four-foot squares created by survivors and secondary survivors of sexual assault and domestic violence. Currently, the quilt has over 2,500 stories, and it is still growing. Every quilt square has a red color base, which increases its visibility, especially when viewed from above. The displays spell out, not alone. It is meant to create a public healing space for survivors and shift the national conversation about sexual assault and domestic violence into one that prioritizes survivors' voices and believes them first, rather than questioning. The quilt has been displayed in over 22 cities across the country since it started in 2013. OU was the first university to display the quilt in its football stadium. The display took place on October 13th from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. Survivors and university leaders spoke throughout the day. There was also a lecture the night before that explained the history of the monument quilt, as well as how it operates as part of FORCE, upsetting rape culture. FORCE is an organization that creates art to upset the country's culture of rape and create a culture of consent. It was founded in 2010 and aims to center the voices of survivors in conversations about rape and rape culture. Co-founder and creative director Hannah Broncato was inspired to start FORCE by the social work she was doing beforehand. I had been working in a domestic violence shelter previous to founding FORCE and um, felt that a lot of the conversations I was having with survivors and my own experience of realizing my own experience as a survivor um, while working in the shelter was, was necessary to happen outside of the walls of such a private space. The quilt is meant to show sexual assault and domestic violence survivors they are not alone. Force Chief Operating Officer Sayeda Agaspini sees the quilt as a tool for empowering survivors and giving them a space where their experiences are not questioned. Where survivors are being radically believed and have a space for public healing, 
Um, and then also, too, is really to kind of, like, hold a space for conversations around healing, right? And, like, what would it take for a world to exist where other forms of oppression? Dr. Geneva Murray has worked as the executive director of OU's Women's Center for the past two years. She thinks it is essential for OU to be taking this opportunity to be part of the larger conversation about rape culture. To further this cause, the Women's Center has been having conversations with the Survivor Advocacy Program and Campus Involvement Center about how to incorporate these issues more into the Women's Center programming. Through these conversations, the quilt display at OU was arranged. Dr. Murray thinks it is important to remember that this event is part of a larger national conversation. You know, Ohio University, we don't exist in a vacuum. We are not the only campus that deals with sexual violence. All campuses deal with sexual violence. I think we have a lot of momentum here in terms of trying to change the culture of the ways in which we talk about sexual violence and the ways in which we talk and about and support survivors. And I am, I'm proud to be a part of this campus and for the Women's Center to be part of the conversation and, and really focusing in terms of, of how we can look at the vast diversity of experiences of survivors and their resiliency. The Women's Center recruited many volunteers throughout the day of the event, including to help get the quilt on and off the field. A huge effort was made to have people attend the event. The more people we have, I think the more powerful it is that so many people in Athens, Ohio, were willing to come out not just to view the quilt, but to make sure that the viewing happens. Hannah explained that when doing quilt displays, FORCE always works closely with community partners who are doing ongoing organizing work to prevent and end sexual assault and domestic violence. Why we're really excited to come to OU again is that we know that there continues to be like work by um, the staff and fighting against rape culture that exists on campus, OU like everywhere else. Um, and so, you know, hopefully we can be a symbol of support for students who have experience trauma, who have not been supported by community, that they can come to the quilt display to identify the resources that where they can be supported and where they can also speak out about any of the um, injustices that they have experienced. Dr. Murray gave some insight into what the quilt means to her as a survivor. I can't speak for all survivors in regards to what this quilt display is going to mean for them. I can speak for myself. Um, I have a I have a section that's on the quilt. I have a quilt square that was contributed. And for me, seeing my story as part of a larger national narrative, that I'm not alone. For The Outlet, I'm Beth Greenman. Off-year elections are three weeks away, and Issue 2, the Ohio Drug Price Relief Act, is under intense debate. It would require the state to pay the same or lower prices for prescription drugs as the U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs, which negotiates drug prices more than 20% less than other agencies. Supporters say it would make drugs cheaper in the marketplace, allowing the state more money to focus on other areas of health care. Those against the act, especially pharmaceutical companies, say it would increase drug prices, waste tax dollars, and reduce access to medicine. Former Governor Ted Strickland shares why everyone should do their research and vote in November, and discusses his thoughts on issue two with our reporter, Connor Keurig. So one of the things you mentioned earlier was about all of us performing our civic duty, and obviously we have the November elections coming up. So just a simple question for you, how important is it that college students 
understand the issues and go out and vote? Well, I think it's important for every citizen uh, to take elections seriously and to try to understand the issues, and that certainly applies to college students, perhaps even more to college students, because they do have you know, a lot of things going on in their lives, and it might make it a little more difficult to, uh, you know, to take the time to really look at the issues and the candidates. Um, but I think it's important to do so because it's, it's a part of our democracy. What, what I would hope is that uh, people would become responsible enough to vote in every election and not just simply wait for a presidential election to come around before they are willing to go vote. But to understand that, 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 um, that every level of government is important, whether it's a school board or a city council or a mayor, uh, a sheriff, you know, I mean, there's these are these are offices that are important uh, at the local level, and they can they can help determine the quality of life at a local level, um, and that's important. So w one of the issues on the ballot is going to be issue two, this issue dealing with uh, the pharmaceutical uh, industry and and the costs of medications. I'm very conflicted about it. Um, nearly all of my friends and the uh, groups that I respect and admire say they're going to uh, oppose it. Um, but I, I, uh, I have studied the pharmaceutical industry for a long time as a member of the House of Representatives and I dealt with them when I was governor. And I really believe the pharmaceutical industry um, is uh, taking advantage of certain uh, ways that, that, um, that we access their products, their drugs. And uh, it's absolutely true that you can go to other countries and you can get the drugs, the same drugs that are available in this country for a fraction of the cost. And in this country, a, a group like the VA can negotiate lower costs, uh, you know, which benefits um, the recipients who get their medications through the VA. But I think the pharmaceutical companies need a wake-up call, and they need to understand that um, that they've got a civic responsibility, and I think a corporate responsibility, to do the right thing for American citizens. You know, I I've been studying this issue of uh, shareholder value, and. Um, uh, some corporations and corporate leaders seem to think that shareholder value is their only, certainly their primary uh, responsibility. And I take, I, I take issue with that. Uh, I think there are, you know, there are responsibilities to, to be uh, good corporate citizens. And uh, uh, corporations and shareholders need to make profits and increase their wealth. But there needs to be some balance to all of this, and things are out of balance when it comes to, especially the pharmaceutical industry. Big pharma is reaping huge, uh, huge profits, and I think they are gouging um, the American people. And so that's why I've got some conflicted feelings about issue two. I need to do a little more study before I make a firm decision regarding how I'm going to vote. In light of the opioid crisis going on here, would the passage of issue two, in the long run, you think, improve or worsen um, what's going on in this area? In terms of the ability to get um, 
yeah. uh, illicit or, or or drugs that are not terribly appropriate. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that issue two will have any direct effect on on the uh, opioid uh, epidemic that's ravaging Ohio and much of the rest of the nation. But the fact is that there is no no doubt in my mind that uh, big pharma has inappropriately marketed these uh, addictive substances. Uh, in some cases, they've uh, put out information that they are not addictive. Uh, I think they misled some physicians, and I think they've got a responsibility to help deal with this problem and to help pay for the treatment of those who have become uh, addicted to these substances. Oxycontin uh, came on, uh, you know, became available and, uh, and uh, initially, you know, it was considered a non-addictive uh, threat. It's absolutely not the case. And um, so that's why you know, uh, Ohio and some other states are actually bringing lawsuits against uh, the pharmaceutical industry for deceptive practices, and uh, and I think that's very appropriate. I support that. The Athens Cannabis Ordinance, or TACO, will be on the ballot next month. The ordinance would potentially bring fines for marijuana misdemeanors in Athens down to zero. The outlet's Ben Schwartz has the story. Caleb Brown is posted outside the Athens Courthouse, helping students get registered to vote in the November 7th election. In 2015, 66% of Ohio voters said no to Issue 3, which would have legalized marijuana. But the fight to end the criminalization of marijuana hasn't stopped. On November 7th, Athens residents will be able to vote on the Athens Cannabis Ordinance, or TACO. It would lower fines for marijuana misdemeanors from a maximum of $150 all the way down to zero. That means that possession of any amount of marijuana under 200 grams, while still illegal, would not result in a fine or jail time. Caleb Brown of Grassroots Ohioans, an organization helping push the ordinance, sees a future with less stigma around marijuana if it passes. So right now, if people want to use marijuana, they hide in their home, but if the cannabis ordinance were on the books in Athens, then people would feel safe to go in their front yard. Current law in Athens states possession of marijuana under 200 grams is a misdemeanor drug offense. Tackle would lower fines for these offenses down to nothing, but the drug offense would still be on the offender's record. All Tackle would do if it passes is bring fines for marijuana charges down to zero offenders would still have to appear in court as usual. Brown, however, thinks that if TACO passes, the fact that a marijuana arrest would bring in zero revenue for the city would be enough for police and city courts to throw most cases out. Not only the local police, but also the university police have the choice to decide whether to enforce something when citizens decide whether they want it enforced or not and another level up the courts have the power to decide whether they want to issue the fines or simply dismiss a case. So if Athens courts would want to follow through with charging someone for a marijuana misdemeanor they would have to be doing so already knowing that they won't get any money even if that person is proven guilty. 
Athens City Law Director Lisa Eliason, however, says that since 1990, the city's courts have been changing the majority of marijuana misdemeanor charges to disorderly conduct charges. Only six people were charged with a marijuana offense last year. Eliason actually sees TACO as a bad thing for the community, especially OU students, because she feels it has a misleading message. All these students who are on campus right now thinking, wow, fair game, you know, this is great. Um, I'm going to smoke marijuana and go to court and get zero fine and zero court costs. Well, I can guarantee you the zero court costs are not going to happen because that violates state law. It's not going to change one thing here. Not one thing, and I think it's going to be harmful to the students. While TACO may help out regular Athens citizens, OU students are held accountable by the school regardless of the law. For The Outlet, I'm Ben Schwartz. Athens City Council will be deciding whether or not to build a tunnel under Richland Avenue near Ohio University's Porter Hall. Caitlin Coolidge takes us to the Richland Crosswalk where she talks about how this plan may affect traffic on campus. Afternoon classes just let out. People hop in their cars to head home for the day. It's now bumper to bumper on Richland Avenue. Pedestrians cross in large herds across Richland, backing up traffic and increasing the potential for vehicle pedestrian accidents. The crosswalk sees over 1,300 people and around 1,000 vehicles an hour. The proposed solution is to build a tunnel similar to the one under the Richland Avenue roundabout. If given the all clear, construction will begin summer of 2019. When asked about the plan, Athens City Mayor Steve Patterson says he's all for it and that the tunnel will provide a safer way to cross Richland. I was in my office on two different occasions when I heard screams, screeching tires, um, where there were two separate pedestrian vehicle conflicts. Alternative solutions are building a bridge or implementing a traffic signal. City engineer Andy Stone agrees with Patterson about the tunnel and says it is the best plan for the city. So I don't anticipate uh, a decision against doing the project. However, um, the uh, council right now is debating and, and doing readings uh, for the ordinance that will appropriate the money for the tunnel. The estimated cost for the tunnel is $2.8 million. The Ohio Department of Transportation has agreed to fund up to $1.8 million through its Transportation Alternatives Fund. Next Monday, City Council will vote whether to authorize design for the tunnel, and next year, a decision will be made whether to begin construction. For The Outlet, I'm Caitlin Coolidge. That's it for our show this week. Thanks for joining us. The Outlet is co-produced and co-hosted this week by me, Ben Schwartz, and Beth Greeman. We're edited by Atish Badia, Susan Tebbin, and Allison Hunter. Adam Rich is our technical assistant. Our theme music is performed by Ryan Gabos. Subscribe to The Outlet on SoundCloud and iTunes, or find us online at woub.org. You can also follow us on Twitter at outlet underscore woub. We'll be back next week with more stories from the Athens and Ohio University communities. Thanks for listening.